بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا وبعد since our lecture and this is not of course my fault is you you all know that the lectures have fallen the way that they've fallen fallen since my lecture begins now I want to try my utmost best Ikhwan to summarize what I intended that I need to speak around a masala and a topic that is la shak for ahl sunnah ahl hadith in the discussion of the aqidah al-islamiyah salafiyah sahiha the rad ala bishr al-mirrisi or bi'ibaratin asah al-rad ala bishr al-mirrisi without tashdeed is from the best and the most detailed of the rudud that have been written by the a'imma sabiqeen to the extent that Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah he makes mention of the two books that were authored by al-Imam al-Darimi that every talib ilm every student of knowledge should study not purely on the basis of the fact that it's it's a refutation but because of what is present within it from benefit benefit in the aqidah benefit in clarification of shubuhat, benefit in terms of learning the asalib and the method uh, and approach to refutation, uh, benefit in terms of the yaqeen that it establishes within the heart for the believer and for sahib sunnah, yani that it is not just a case of one of the imma of the past refuting the doubts of one of the people of bid'ah, but in it is an array of different benefits and fawaid for the talib ilm, even in terms of the usloob that he uses to address the one that he refutes. Imam al-Darimi rahimahullahu ta'ala is no doubt the great Imam Abu Uthman, Abu Sa'id Afwan, Uthman ibn Sa'id al-Darimi, al-Sijistani. Imam al-Darimi was from the Talamid, from the students, of the great A'imma Ikhwan. He was a Tilmid of Imam Ahmad. He was a Tilmid of the likes of Yahya Ali Afwan ibn al-Madini. A Tilmid of many of the great A'imma al-Kibar from the A'imma of Hadith. And so there is little wonder that we, when we have these types of shuyukh, that we're going to produce this type of Talib and this type of Tilmid. Similarly, a tilmid of the likes of Ishaq bin Rahuya, a tilmid of the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Shayba. And so again, there is no doubt, Ikhwan, that what, what, is going to be, what is going to come from this study uh, is the likes of Al-Imam Al-Darimi. And thus the A'imma, during the time of Al-Imam Al-Darimi, they mentioned beautiful statements concerning him. Uh, in relation to that, we have uh, the statement of Muhammad uh, ibn al-Mundhir who mentioned سَمِعْتُ أَبَا زُرْعَ الرَّازِ نَعْمْ وَسَأَلْتُهُ عَنْ عُثْمَانِ بْنَ سَعِيدِ فَقَالَ ذَاكَ رُزِقَ حُسْنُ التَّصْنِيفِ He said that I heard from Abu Zur'a al-Razi who was asked concerning Uthman ibn Sa'id that is Imam al-Darimi and he said that this was an individual, this was one that was blessed 
with husnut tasnif yani with uh, having good uh, authorships yani excellence in authorship and so that was something that was born witness to him by the ayyimma of his time and of course you all know of the station of al-imam Abu Zur'a and the ayyimma who came later from the muhaqqiqin like of Shaykh Rasam Taymiyyah who mentioned there are two books you must read as a talib ilm Rad, the Rad of al-imam al-darimi upon the Jahmiyyah and the Rad of al-imam al-darimi upon uh, Bishar al-Marisi uh, similarly we have the statement of al-Hasan ibn Sahib al-Shasi who mentioned Sa'altu Aba Dawood al-Sijistani عن Uthman ibn Sa'id فَقَالَ مِنْهُ تَعَلَّمْنَا الْحَدِيثِ He said that I asked the Imam Abu Dawood al-Sijistani Sahib al-Sunan He said I asked Abu Dawood al-Sijistani concerning Uthman ibn Sa'id and so he responded by saying it is from him that we learn hadith. It is from him that we learn hadith. Uh, and of course, Imam Abu Dawood, he had hundreds of shuukh. Hundreds. So with his statement, it is from him that we learn hadith, is he saying that he didn't learn, learn hadith from anyone else? Of course not. But what he's saying and establishing is that his seeking of knowledge, his real benefit in the sciences of hadith and whatnot, was from Imam uh, Ad-Darimi. Concerning him then, Imam al-Dhahabi, he mentions, كان لهجاً بالسنة بصيراً بالمناظرة جذعاً في أعين المبتدعة. Imam al-Dhahabi, he mentions that he was prolific uh, in relation to the sunnah. بصيراً بالمناظرة. يعني he had far-sight and clear-sightedness in relation to debate. And he was جذعاً. He wasn't a, a, a splinter, he was a lug in the eye of the Mubtadi'ah. Yani Imam al-Darimi, he was a lug in the eyes of the Mubtadi'ah. Uh, he said, وَهُوَ الَّذِي قَامَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدِ بْنِ كَرَامِ ابْنِ كِرَامِ الَّذِي يُنْسَبُ إِلَيْهِ الْكَرَامِيَةِ وَطَرَدَهُ مِنْ هُرَاتِ فِي مَاقِيلِ He was the one that uh, established a refutation and a response to Muhammad ibn Karam, the one who the a deviant sect of Karamiya is attributed to and he was the one that had him expelled from from Harat which was, which was where uh, they used to live in the region of Sijistan uh, and so the uh, Imam al-Imam uh, Abu Sa'id Uthman ibn Sa'id al-Darimi is no doubt Ikhwan from the great Imma of that golden period and from his Talamid and from his students was the likes of al-Imam ibn Khuzayma يعني ويكفيه طالبا وتلميذا يعني الإمام ابن خزيمة and from them أبو العباس السجزي الإمام السجزي and others from the أئمه who studied with him الإمام الدارمي he mentioned concerning himself and concerning the affair of seeking knowledge يعني he implicates himself though he doesn't actually mention that he mentions من لم يجمع حديث شعبة وسفيان ومالك وحماد بن زيد وسفيان بن عيينة فهو مفلس في الحديث. He said the one who doesn't gather the ahadith of شعبة يعني شعبة ابن الحجاج and سفيان يعني سفيان بن سعيد الثوري and مالك 
يعني مالك بن انس امام الدعاد الهجره حماد بن زيد and Sufyan ibn Uyayna, uh, then he is muflis, he's bankrupt in hadith. And the one who has not, from the uh, students of hadith, or from the muhaddithun, has not collected these ahadith. And these individuals, ikhwan, or from those individuals that uh, it is said concerning them, alayhim midarul hadith. Alayhim midarul hadith. Yani, hadith revolves around them. That is to say, that they were from the a'imma who took from certain individuals from the great scholars and their contemporaries, the students who, who took from those same individuals, had passed away and so a large bulk of the sunnah remained only with them. And so you had to travel to them if it were that you were from the people who study hadith uh, and intended to have a knowledge of the sunnah of the messengers And so these five individuals, this is a benefit for the students of hadith. How familiar are we with those hadith? And uh, that would be, in fact, a nice bath for someone to carry out. And to collect the ahadith of these individuals that were mentioned by Imam al-Darimi, in the Qutb al-Sitta, the ahadith uh, of these five as they occur in the Qutb al-Sitta. Since if you were unaware of them during the time of these a'imma, then you're muflis, you're bankrupt in the science and in the knowledge of hadith. Now, as far as uh, Bishr al-Marisi is concerned, then he is Bishr ibn Ghiyath al-Marisi. And it is oftentimes said, and perhaps the Ghalib is al-Marisi, with tashdeed upon the Ra. Uh, but uh, those who uh, have made or uh, discussed the affair of the region of Maris do not mention tashdeed upon the Ra. And so they do not mention Marisi, rather Marisi. Marisi, uh, like Ibn Khaliqan, مثلاً, that uh, he discusses the affair of Maris and its place, and they all refer to it as Maris and not Maris, as is oftentimes mentioned. Maris was a region, Ikhwan, on the borders of Egypt and Sudan, the region of uh, Aswan, or close to the region of Aswan, uh, and it is that region that he originates from, yani that Bishr al-Marisi originates from. His father or his forefathers were Mawali, that is they were freed slaves of Zayd ibn Khattab, yani the brother of Umar radiallahu anhu. Uh, and he, of course, uh, was from their progeny. Uh, and so he was originally from that region, yani the region of Aswan and the borders of Sudan and Egypt. Uh, as far as his father is concerned, then Al Imam Al Marwazi he mentioned Sumitu Aba Abdullah Zakara Zakara Bishran Fakala Kana Abuhu Yahudiyan. He said, I heard Al Imam, that is uh, Al Imam Al Marwazi from the Talamid and the students and contemporaries uh, of Al Imam Ahmad. He said, I heard Abu Abdullah mention Bishar and he said that his father was Yahudi. His father was Yahudi. In fact, he uh, was dispraised by the Yahud because of his corruption or because of his father's corruption of the Torah. And so even his father was a person of deviation among the Yahud. Listen to the following statement that was collected by Khatib al-Baghdadi. Imam Khatib, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions from Ishaq ibn Ibrahim al lulu who said, Mararatu. في الطريق فإذا بشر المريسي بشر المريسي 
والناس عليه مجتمعون فمر يهودي فأنا سمعته يقول لا يفسد عليكم كتابكم كما أفسد أبوه علينا التورات he said that indeed I was upon a path and يعني a path we were traveling and Bishr al-Marisi was present on that path and people had gathered around him people had gathered around him which is so oftentimes the case when it comes to Ahl Dalala يعني that the people of misguidance uh, are oftentimes يعني they are a magnet for people who have issues in their heart and for people who have shubuhat and doubts and sicknesses and illnesses within the qulub they become a magnet uh, and so their followers they say subhanallah people are speaking against them look how many people يعني follow them and look how many people benefit from them and listen to them when in actuality ikhwan that is nothing uh, by way of madh is nothing praiseworthy rather they are nothing but magnets for the amrad and for the people who have sicknesses in their hearts in any case he said that the people were gathered around bishr they were gathered around him he said and so a yahudi passed by a jew passed by and i was present and i heard him say don't let him corrupt for you your book as his father corrupted the torah for us don't let him corrupt for you your book as his father corrupted for us the Torah. Uh, Naam, and so Bishr al-Marisi, his father even, though he was a Yehudi, his father was one uh, who the Yehud spoke against because of deviating their book. And so we see, Ikhwan, that as the statements of the Salaf used to, or many of the Salaf, they used to say that the Shab is ala awwali nash'atihi, yani the Shab or the youth will, will, will grow and his, his raising will be based upon his initial nurture. How was he nurtured? What was he nurtured upon? And what were the attitudes and what were the things that he had uh, or that he was nurtured upon? He will grow having those attitudes and having that inclination. And that is the statement of many of the Salaf of this Ummah. And so here he was nurtured and he was raised in a house with a, with a father who used to play about with the book of Allah, even though it was distorted, but would play about with scripture would distort scripture and so he was some one that was nurtured in that environment he was used to seeing that he was possibly similarly used to hearing the yahud making refutation and speaking ill of his father and so it was nothing to him that the people would speak against him since he saw that taking place with his father even and so this affair uh, has in it no doubt a benefit ikhwan, uh, for the sunni imam al-khatib he likewise mentions uh, mentioning his isnad going back to Abi Muslim Salih ibn Ahmad ibn Abdullah ibn Salih al-Ijli he said haddathani Abi qala ra'aytu bishr al-marisi alayhi la'natullah marratan wahida shaykhan qasiran damiman aw damiman nazar al-manzar wasikh al-thawb wafir sha'ar here he describes his physical appearance describes yani, what did he look like Bishar he said that my father narrated to me saying that I saw Bishar al-Marisi upon him be the curse of Allah I saw him once he said shaykhan qasira he said he was an old man who was short damim al-mandar he was ugly to look at he mentions wasikh al-thiyab he had a dirty garment Wafir yeah, and he had abundant hair. 
And he was most resemblant to the Yahud. And that is a characteristic that uh, to this day, uh, the Yahud, in Yemen, and they are known to have a particular appearance. He said he was most resemblant to the Yahud. وَكَانَ أَبُوهُ يَهُودِيًّا سَبَّاغًا بِالْكُوفَ فِي سُوكَ الْمَرَاضِعِ He said and his father was a Yehudi and he was a sabbaq. Sabbaq is one who, يعني, he used to dye material, dye cloths, color cloth uh, in the marketplaces in Kufa, the market known as Al-Maradi'a. Uh, he said, لَا يَرْحَمَهُ اللَّهِ لَقَدْ كَانَ فَاسِقًا He said, may Allah not have mercy upon him, indeed he was a fasiq. Now, uh, and what is the position of many of Ahl al-Ilm uh, is that they may take fear of him, a number of the A'imma, they may take fear of Bishr al-Marisi uh, on the basis of his distortion of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we see, Ikhwan, that even in his physical appearance, yani that his appearance was one that was uh, yani dis distasteful, despicable, he was ugly to look at, yani disheveled, dirty. Uh, and Qasim ibn Bandar who mentioned سمعت إبراهيم ibn ibn al-Husayn يقول ركب عثمان ibn Muslim يوما وأنا قابض على عنان البغلة فاستقبلنا شيخ قسير كبير الرأس كبير الأذنين قال نحي البغلة نحي البغلة أما ترى الكافر فقلت من هذا يا أبا عثمان قال هذا بشر بن غياث بشر المريسي uh, he mentions uh, that he said Uthman ibn Muslim was upon a upon his riding beast on an occasion he said and I was holding onto the reins of the Baghla the Baghla is like a mule he said I was holding onto the reins of the mule and so there came before us a sheikh he said that he was Shaykhun Kabir al-Ras. Afwan, Shaykhun Qasir. And so he was short. Kabir al-Ras, with a big head. He said Kabir al-Udhunayn, with big ears. So basically it was Yoda. فقال نحي البغلة, نحي البغلة. He said, put the, get, move the Baghla, move the Baghla. This is the, Yani the one that was upon uh, the the bagla upon the mule. He said, "Move it, move it, yani move it out of the way." He said, "Why, yeah, uh, Abu Uthman?" He said, "Ala tara kafir, you don't see the kafir." He said, "Hada bishr min ghiyath, bishr al marisi." Hada bishr min ghiyath, ghiyath bishr al marisi. Now, and so bishr al marisi, Ikhwan or oh, al-Marisi, was from, know uh, that the A'imma of Kufr, A'imma al-Kufr, and that was a testimony that was borne witness to him uh, by the uh, great A'imma of his time. Concerning him, uh, it should be known that Bishar was a student of the likes of Abu Yusuf, al-Qadi, he was a student of Sufyan ibn Uyayna. <laughs> a student of the likes of these A'imma. But that didn't prevent him 
from entering into the kufr and the bid'ah that he entered into and from falling into the kufr and the bid'ah that he fell into and so now billahi alaykum we hear individuals saying yakhi such and such a student of such and such and that one was a student of Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz and this one was a student of uh, Sheikh bin Uthaymeen Kif, how are you saying yakhi, that he's misguided or that he's, uh, he's left the path and Sheikh bin Baz used to praise him here we have Ikhwan, a student of Sufyan. But we see the A'imma of Ahlul Sunnah uniting upon uh, holding the position of the misguidance of this man and the fact that he was evil. In fact, Ikhwan, uh, there is a munadhara and a debate between him and his Sheikh Abu Yusuf. His Sheikh, even though he was a student of his, disliked him and would speak ill of him. In that regard, we have uh, a munadhara or uh, an, uh, an athar uh, that was collected again by Khatib al-Baghdadi he mentions after mentioning his isna going back to Abdullah ibn Ahmad that is Abdullah the son of Imam Ahmad he said سمعت أبي يقول كنا نحضر مجلس أبي يوسف he said my father said we used to sit in the majlis and in the sittings of Abu Yusuf and Abu Yusuf was from the students of Imam Abu Hanifa. He said we were sitting in the uh, majlis of Abu Yusuf. Of course, uh, though they were students of Abu Hanifa, they opposed Abu Hanifa, as was the case with uh, Abu Yusuf. And Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Shaybani opposed Abu Hanifa in more than two-thirds of the madhab. And so they studied with him, but that didn't mean they blindly followed him as the muqallida of our time do. Rather, they opposed him in two-thirds of the madhab because they were more knowledgeable in hadith than him. Muhammad ibn Hassan Abu Yusuf, they were more knowledgeable in hadith than Abu uh, Hanifa, rahimahumullah. And so they opposed him based upon sunnah. And so they didn't say, as we hear the muqallida in this time saying, do you believe Abu Hanifa didn't know that hadith? Yet it is highly likely that he didn't know some of those hadith, and that is why he opposed those hadith in some of the issues that he opposed them in. Not that he knew them and intentionally opposed them, but as the scholars of hadith mentioned, he's the one... Uh, Imam from the four Imma that is considered with the scholars of hadith weak in hadith and Imam Abu Hanif is considered weak in hadith from the four Imma or the four Imams uh, and no doubt because of uh, his having uh, or him being the least knowledgeable in hadith we see the oppositions that appear within his madhab in any case he mentions Kunna nahadhur majlisa Abi Yusuf فَكَانَ بِشْرِ الْمَرِيسِ يَجِي فَيَحْضُرْ فِي آخِرِ النَّاسِ فَيَشْغَبْ فَيَقُولْ إِيش تَقُولْ وَإِيش قُلْتْ يَا أَبَا يُوسِفِ فَلَا يَزَالُ يَسِيحُ وَيَضَّجُ فَكُنْتُ أَسْمَعُ أَبَا يُوسِفَ يَقُولُ إِسْعَدُوا بِهِ إِلَيَّ قَالَ قَالَ أَبِي وَكُنْتُ فِي الْقُرْبِ مِنْهُ فَجَعَلَ يُنَاذِرُ فِي مَسْأَلَةٍ فَخَفِيَ بَعْضُ بَعْضُ قَوْلِهِ he said that Imam Ahmad, he mentioned that we were in the sitting of Abu Yusuf and Bishr al-Marisi came and he sat at the end of the majlis. And so we have Tulab al-Ilm around the Sheikh and he, came, he would come and he would sit at, right at the back of the circle, right at the back of the gathering. Uh, and then he mentioned, and then he would start to say, Ish qult? Mada qult? Yani, eh, eh, what is it that you said? What did you say? Yani shouting out 
to Abu Yusuf, yani the Sheikh. So Abu Yusuf al-Qadi, he mentioned, Bring him to me. Bring him over here. He said, Qala Abi, my father, he said, وَكُنْتُ فِي قُرْبٍ فِي قُرْبٍ مِنْهُ I was quite close to him. He said, فَجَأَلَ يُنَاذِرْ فِي مَسْأَلَةِ فَخَفِيَ بَعْضُ قَوْلِهِ He began to debate concerning an issue. Some of the things that he was saying, يعني, I couldn't hear, I couldn't quite hear what it was he was saying. فَقُلْتُ لِلَّذِي كَانَ أَقْرَبْ مِنِّي إِشْقَالْ لَهُ He said, so I said to the one who was closer to me, what did he say? What did he say to him? He said, قَالَ لَهُ أَبُوْ يُوسِفُ لَا تَنْتَهِي حَتَّى تَسْعَدْ خَشَبًا He said that Abu Yusuf said to him, you are not going to stop until you are raised up upon some wood. Meaning, huh? until you crucify it. You're going to continue with this thing until you crucify it. Now, uh, and so concerning him then, Imam al-Dhahabi, in terms of his, the, uh, the uh, aqwal, and we could know that, sit. Imam al-Dhahabi, he mentions concerning him, Mubtadi'un ba'al. لا ينبغي أن يروى عنه ولا كرامة أتقن علم الكلام ثم جرد القول بخلق القرآن وناظر عليه ولم يدرك الجهم بن صفوان وإنما أخذ مقالته واحتج بها ودعا إليه He said that he was a مبتدع ضال يعني misguided innovator He said and is not permissible for anyone to narrate from him wala karama no honor no respect for him he said atqana ilm al-kalam he was yani he excelled in the knowledge of kalam ilm al-kalam is a term that is ref- that is used to refer to philosophical rhetoric that is religious philosophical rhetoric kalam uh, is uh, or ilm al-kalam is the usage of philosophy in in the affairs of aqidah and tawheed uh, and deen yani umuman uh, and so he excelled in the knowledge of this philosophical rhetoric he said and then he began to hold or began to make apparent the statement that the quran was created he debated on its basis and would argue on its basis though he did not meet jahm ibn safwan <coughs> And he, it is oftentimes believed, it is oftentimes believed that Bishr al-Marisi was a student of Jaham bin Safwan. He was not. He didn't meet Jaham, but he took the statements of Jaham. And he, he came across them, and he took and spread and promoted the statements of Jaham bin Safwan. He said, and so uh, he held on to them, he used them as evidence, and he called to them. Similarly, we have any narrations from Al-Imam al-Shafi'i. Perhaps we'll run up with this one narration in terms of the biography. Uh, Al-Imam al-Shafi'i Khatib, he mentions a nice uh, statement just to show you the type of trickery that he used to use with the A'imma. Imam al-Shafi'i, as Imam Khatib, he mentions, his, it's not going back to Qutayb ibn Sa'id. He said, دَخَلَ الشَّافِعِي عَلَىٰ أَمِيرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَعِنْدَهُ بِشْرِ الْمَرِيسِ فَقَالَ لَهُ الشَّافِعِي أَدْخَلَكَ اللَّهُ فِي أَسْفَلِ السَّافِلِ he said that indeed Imam al-Shafi'i he entered upon Amiru Mu'minin, he entered upon the Khalifa 
and with him was Bishr al-Marisi. And so Imam Shafi'i, he said, May Allah Azza wa Jal enter you among the lowest of the low with Fir'aun and Haman and Qarun. Hakada. May you be, Yani, at Khalak Allah Nahr, Yani. Imagine, Ikhwan, if somebody from the people of Sunnah and Salafiyah were to say that to somebody in our time from the Mubtadi'ah, what would be said about him? Subhanallah, Yaqi. Shidda, Shadid. You could have used a different usuloob. You could have approached it differently, Yaqi. Ila akhiri dhalik. So he said, may Allah Azza wa enter among the lowest of the law with Fir'aun and Haman and Qarun, Imam al-Shafi'i. So Marisi said, Marisi said to him in response, أدخلك الله في أعلم العليين مع محمد وإبراهيم وموسى. He said, may Allah enter you among the highest of the high ranks with Muhammad and Ibrahim and Musa. If that was said in our time, if this monadara took place in our time, you would see the comments. You would see the comments underneath the video. MashaAllah, but his, his response was so beautiful. <laughs> Look at the adab, subhanAllah. Huh? When he made that statement, Muhammad bin Ishaq, it was said to him, it was uttered to him. He said, فَكَرْتُ فَذَكَرْتُ هَذِهِ الْحِقَايَ لِحِكَايَ لبعض أصحابنا فقال لي ألا تدري أي شيء أراد المريس بقولي كان منه تنزن he said it was said to Muhammad bin Ishaq some of our uh, companions this statement was mentioned to them he said do you not see what he intended you, do you know what he intended by way of that he said he intended to mock he intended to mock al-imam al-shafi'i why لأنه يقول ليس ثم جنة ولا نار he intended to mock Al-Imam al-Shafi'i because he didn't believe that Jannah and Nar was present. Imam, from uh, the statements of Bishr al-Marisi, he didn't believe in the creation of Jannah and Nar. And so it was mockery from uh, Bishr al-Marisi. Now, Al-Imam al-Darimi rahimahullahu ta'ala and of course, Ikhwan, it's going to be difficult now due to the time to decide what to mention, what not to mention. Uh, some of these aqwal, wallahi, Ikhwan, uh, and some of the, the manner in which Al-Imam Ad-Darimi he debates, Jamil, but require waqt, require time. Shall we head to Fajr? Tuwafikun? Now, we've got a school run in the morning, so that's, just, that's just going to be impossible. But perhaps, Ikhwan, futuristically, wallahi, because the book, the book, Sarahatan is Jameel. Yani, the book, wallahi, is Jameel. In terms of the, uh, the usloob of Imam al-Darimi, the akhtwar rad, the way he deals with him, the way he debates him, Jameel jiddan, jiddan, jiddan. Now, Imam al-Darimi, therefore, after mentioning the fact that, uh, yani, the uh, madhab, because after he wrote al-Rad al-Jahmiyyah, those who leaned towards the aqeed of, of Jaham and the supporters of Jaham, of course, they became angry, as is always the case. When Ahlul Haq make the Haq apparent and they clarify Batil and the statements of Ahlul Batil, Ahlul Batil become upset. Uh, and so, of course, in our time we have videos and PDFs, where, whereas in these days, 
they were actual, actual either statements or they would write a book. Uh, and so when Al-Imam Al-Darimi, he wrote his Rad Al-Jahmiyyah, which clarified the battle of the Jahmiyyah, those who inclined towards the Aqidah became upset. From them, an individual became upset that Imam Al-Darimi refers to as the Mu'arid, as the Mu'arid, or the one who disagrees, or the one who opposes, the opposer. And in that, of course, is a benefit. Rad al-Bishr al-Marisi was not in actuality authored as a dialogue between Imam al-Darimi and Marisi. At the time of the authorship of the book, Bishr al-Marisi had passed away. Imam al-Darimi, he, he wrote the book in response to an individual who brought the arguments of Bishr al-Marisi and another individual known as Muhammad ibn Shuja' al-Thalji who was probably akthab and worse in kathib than Bishar. He brought the arguments of the two of them and argued against that which was presented by Imam al-Darimi. And so the individual who brought those arguments, Imam al-Darimi doesn't even mention his name. And in al-an we don't know who he was. And that is ihanatan lahu. In order to humiliate him. And in order to establish the fact that we don't even want to mention your name and make you famous. Al-Mu'arid, Bas, the one who opposed, the one who opposed. And throughout the whole book you'll hear Al-Imam Al-Darimi mentioning the one who opposed. Qal Al-Mu'arid, Qal Al-Mu'arid. And so he responds to the arguments of Bishr, but it is, it is not in actuality a debate between Darimi and Bishr. But between Darimi and this Mu'arid, this opposer. So he responds to the Shubuhat of, of Bishr al-Marisi. But in actuality, he's responding to this opposer who uses the arguments of Bishr. So in that sense, it's a Radan Bishr al-Marisi. But it is likewise a Radan al-Thalji. And anyone, anyone else who has and shares their arguments. And so throughout the book, you'll find Imam al-Darimi, he mentions, I'talad al-Mu'arid. The Mu'arid he says, the Mu'arid he uh, opposes by saying, again which has in it a benefit ikhwan, for the da'i, and that is not every individual who opposes, we need to mention their name necessarily. Because oftentimes ikhwan, that is exactly what they want. They want their names to be mentioned, they want their status to be raised, they don't care about Ahlul Sunnah, or what Ahlul Sunnah believe in actuality. They're looking for the people who Ahlul Sunnah have been fighting against. They're looking for the following of those who have the same and share the same dislike for Ahlul Sunnah. And so they want to be known and famous among them. They want to be known and famous among them as one who is brave and stood up against Ahlul Sunnah and one who debated with them and argued with them. But right now, nobody knows who they are. And so they wish oftentimes to be mentioned by Ahl Sunnah, by the people of Sunnah, that their status will be raised among the people that they really care about, since they don't care about Ahl Sunnah, actually. And so here, Ali Muhammad Darimi doesn't afford him the opportunity uh, of him mentioning his name. Al Mu'arid, bas. The one who opposes, the one who opposes. Uh, and so he mentions when we wrote the book, Al Rad al Jahmiyyah. The, uh, our position in relation 
to our response up, uh, uh, of, uh, and against the Jahmiyyah caused a mu'arid to raise some issues. And that is how he begins the book, by establishing the fact that the reason I'm writing this follow-up is because of the fact that that book saw individuals having problem with what I mentioned. And thus, from those individuals, there was a mu'arid that uh, had presented a number of issues, and thus, he responds to them with this book. Uh, now, and so as far as the issues that he responds to, then the issues in essence, Ikhwan, are the fundamental issues of belief among Ahl sunnah that they make ta'wil of sifat in, uh, and that they interpret the attributes of Allah Azza wa Jalla in relation to. And so he responds to them issue by issue. And uh, naturally, as we mentioned, Ikhwan, in this session, we'll possibly mention uh, an issue or two. From the Masail, though, he mentions Bab al Iman, Bab al Imani, bi Asma illahi wa annahu ghair makhluqa. He begins by mentioning the chapter concerning the Asma of Allah Azawajal, or the uh, names of Allah Azawajal, and the fact that they are not created. The fact that they are not created. Since this was one of the issues that were raised by the Jahmiyyah, that the names of Allah Azawajal are created, and that Allah Azawajal. His name is Allah Azzawajal, but the other Asma, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and Ghayr Dalik, then they are just A'lam, they are just titles that are used to refer to him, but they are not his actual names. Uh, and so they make mention of a mas'ala or an issue in relation to names, and that is, Halil Asma Ghayr Musamma. And this issue is, are the names other than the one being named? What is the position? Someone is given a title. Is his title, and of course when they discuss this, they discuss it as it relates to Allah Azza wa Jal. Is the title the same, or is the title when it is used, is it used in relation to the one being named? And the reason they raise this issue is because they say, Allah Azza wa Jal is Allah. That which is present from His names do not directly apply to Allah Azza wa Jal as the name Allah does. Any Allah is a reference to Allah, His that and His essence. While the names are titles that are detached from Him. And so they discuss this issue of whether names, everything that is given a name, is that name the same as the thing being named? And again, it's a philosophical argument that they use to remove the names of Allah from Allah Azza wa Jal in order to remove the attributes of Allah from Him. And so Allah Azza wa Jal, if you, every one of His names has in it an attribute, if we can detach his names from him, then we detach his attributes from him. And so this is an attempt to detach the names of Allah that have those attributes within them. And so if we are able to detach the name of Allah as Samir from Allah Azza wa Jal, then it is easier in terms of us negating from Allah attributes of that human being share. 
Because we can say, as Ahlul Sunnah believe, that As-Sami'ah, Allah Azzawajal is the all-hearing and he has the characteristic of hearing. They will say, no, no, no. He is the all-hearing, yes, that is a title that is given to him. But the, the name is different from Allah Azzawajal, is detached from Allah in what it indicates and points towards. It is a title that he has, but what is present within that title from attribute is not connected to Allah Azzawajal since the names are separate from Allah Azzawajal's essence. And so this argument is a philosophical argument. And there's one ikhwan that one may not, and this is an indication of the diqqa and the precision of the a'imma of Ahlul Sunnah. They pick up on even those tricky issues that are, going, are being, being used as a springboard to something else. Yani if you were to hear someone arguing in that manner about the names of Allah Azzawajal, the jahil may hear it and say, well, okay, I, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. If you were to hear and you listen to the argument. And so Imam Al-Darimi, he mentions, ثُمَّ أَتَارَدَ الْمُؤْتَرِدِ أو الْمُعَارِضِ أَسْمَاءُ اللَّهِ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ وَذَهَبَ فِي تَأْوِيلِهَا مَذْهَبَ إِمَامِهِ الْمَرِيسِ فَادَّعَى أَنَّ أَسْمَاءُ اللَّهِ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّهَا مُسْتَعَارَ مَخْلُوقَةِ كَمَا أَنْ قَدْ يَكُونُ شَخْصٌ بِلَا إِسِم he mentions, so the Mu'atarid, or the Mu'arid, the one who opposes, he entered into a discussion about the names of Allah Azzawajal, and held on to the madhab or the position of his Imam, Marisi. And he claimed that the names of Allah are other than Allah. And they are musta'ara. Something that is musta'ara, ikhwan, is a, it's a, an, a topic in the science of balagha, al-isti'ara in balagha. Uh, is when one uses a title that refers to something in order to highlight that this thing has some of the characteristics of that name, but yani, in actuality isn't the name that is given to the thing that we're using that name for. Yani, so we're borrowing the title. If I were to say, for example, that Fulan is an asset, or such and such is Jami, uh, such and such is a. Uh, is a lion. Yani it is a title that I've used for him, but his name isn't lion. Neither is he an actual lion. Yani, but it is something that I've used to refer to him, though it is, it is not his name. And so he mentions that this is the, this must, uh, the names of Allah, he claims, are musta'ara, that they are created and that they are used upon Allah Azza wa Jal. Just as a person may not have a name, he said, him being given a name doesn't change or add to his reality. He shook the argument. So we have an individual, we call him Alif. For example, or we don't even give him an, a name. A child is born, has no name. As he grows, he just, he's just the child, no name. When he reaches 15, they decide to call him Ahmad. Does the name Ahmad now increase or add to his reality? Doesn't add to his reality. And he is the same person he always has been. The only difference now is that we've given him a title. 
But his reality remains one and the same. You see the argument that they use? His reality is one and the same. The fact that we've now given him a name doesn't change his reality. Uh, and so he mentions... يعني لا تزيد في في الشخص ولا تنقص يعني أن الله كان مجهولا كشخص مجهول لا يحتدي لاسمه ولا يدرى ما هو حتى خلق الخلق فابتدعوا له أسماء من مخلوق من مخلوق كلامهم فأعاروها إياه من غير أن يعرف له اسم قبل الخلق ومن ادعى هذا التأويل فقد نسب الله تعالى إلى العجز والوهن والضرورة والحاجة إلى الخلق. He mentions so they say that Allah Azza wa Jal he didn't have يعني these names and these titles until he created. Then when he created these names were attributed to him from his creation. يعني they were realities that existed in his creation. So, for example, hear, the all-hearing, the all-seeing, these were things that existed within his creation. Seeing, hearing, and so they used, or these terms were used in relation to Allah Azza wa Jal. This is their argument. These terms were used in relation to Allah Azza wa Jal. But they, in actuality, are not names that are the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that re- return back to or indicate his reality. Yani Allah Azza wa Jal is Allah and He always was Allah. The names that came about that were present or the characteristics of them were present within His creation do not change Allah's reality. He continues. He said, so whoever claims this ta'wil or makes this ta'wil, then he attributes ajz, he attributes weakness and feebleness to Allah Azza wa Jal. And they attribute to Him that He is in need of His creation. Yani, because their claim is that he's in need of his creation in order for him to be named. Since the creation they claim or the names of one are taken from his creation. Uh, and so he mentions, after discussing the evil nature of this claim of theirs, uh, he mentions, The reality is, the names of Allah Azza wa Jal is tahqiqu sifatihi. Yani, in his names, we have the realities of his characteristics. When Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that he is as-sami' the all-hearing, within it is the reality of the attribute of his hearing. When Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that his name is al-basiyyad, the all-seeing, within it is the reality of the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal, the characteristic of his sight. And so his names have within them the realities of his, of his attributes. He said, Sawa'an alayk, kulta abadullah aw abadul rahman, aw al rahim, aw al malik al aziz al hakim, wa sawa'un ala al rajul, kala kafartu billah, aw kala kafartu bil rahman al rahim, aw bil khalik al aziz al hakim, wa sawa'un alayk, kulta abadullahi, aw abdul rahman, aw abdul aziz, aw abdul majid, وَسَوَاءٌ عَلَيْكَ كُلْتَ يَا اللَّهِ يَا الرَّحْمَنِ يَا الرَّحِيمِ يَا مَلِكِ يَا عَزِيزِ يَا جَبَّارِ بِأَيِّ إِسْمٍ دَعَوْتَهُ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأَسْمَاءِ أَوْ أَضَفْتَهُ إِلَيْهِ فَإِنَّمَا تَدْعُو اللَّهَ نَفْسَهُ مَنْ شَكَّ فِي ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ He said, so it is the same. 
whether you refer or whether a person says, I worship Allah or I worship Ar-Rahman, or he says, I worship Allah, I worship Ar-Rahim, or Al-Malik, or Al-Aziz, or Al-Hakim, or whether he says, I disbelieve in Allah, and I disbelieve in Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, or in Al-Khaliq, Al-Aziz, or whether he says that I am the servant of Allah, or the servant of Ar-Rahman, or the servant of Al-Majid, all of them are one and the same, yani with Ahlul Sunnah. That we believe that the names of Allah are a reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever disbelieves and denies this, then indeed he has disbelieved. So, regardless of the arguments and the philosophical and how beautiful and fair-seeming these arguments may sound, and to anyone who has a sound heart, then he will detect the foolishness in the argument anyway. But regardless of how uh, fair-seeming their arguments may be, the, the names of Allah are a reference to Allah. Whoever disbelieves in that, faqad kafar. And so Imam al-Darimi, he begins with a simple argument, a simple resp- response. Our belief is that the names of Allah are a reference to Allah. There are no, there's no separation between Allah and his names. Whoever disbelieves in that, then he is a kafir. He has disbelieved. Then he has disbelieved. And then he goes on uh, to mention some of the, uh, the uh, evidences for that. He mentions, for example, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, uh, na'am, he mentions, لَهُ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَهُ to him belongs the most beautiful names. And everything that is in the heavens and the earth uh, uh, makes tasbih of Allah Azza wa Jal, declares him free of all imperfections. Uh, he mentions, similarly like the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, فَقَالَ لَهُمْ, فقال لهم ينهاهم, After he mentions the statement of Hud, والسلام, when Hud said to his people, when, or when the people of, of Hud said to him, that they said, Have you come to us that we would worship Allah alone and leave alone that which our forefathers used to worship? Listen to the response of Hud. He mentioned, He said, are you going to argue with me concerning names that you have created, you and your forefathers? Listen to the statement of the Imam. يعني أن أسماء الله تعالى لم تزل كما لم يزل الله وأنها بخلاف هذه الأسماء المخلوقة التي أعاروها للأصنام. He said, when Hud made that response or gave that response to his people. When they said, have you come to us that we may worship Allah alone and leave alone what we, what our forefathers used to worship? Who would responded by saying, Are you going to argue with me about names that you and your forefathers have created? He mentions, that is, that Allah Azza wa Jal and his names remain and always have remained the same. He, he mentioned, that is, the names of Allah Azza wa Jal, have always remained his names. He said, and that these names are other than these created names. These names that you have given to your idols, 
and that the names of the gods that you worship, that you have created, that you claim, as, as oftentimes was the case, is a part of Allah Azza wa Jal. These are names that you have created. So here, Hud argues by saying, Allah is the one that is to be worshipped. As far as what you worship, then they are nothing but names that you have created. Understand his argument. He mentions, that is, these names that you have used upon your idols, the names of Allah are other than these names. The names of Allah are other than these names. He mentions, if it is the case that you have said that the names of Allah are derived from his creation and they are used to refer to Allah, if that is the case, then what response and what refutation would there be in the statement of Hud when he said to his people, are you arguing with, with me about names that you have created? Are you arguing with me about names that you have created? Because your claim is that the names of Allah are created. Your claim is that the names of Allah Azza wa Jalla are created. And so here you argue with me about names that are created. If the reality was that Allah Azza wa Jal, His names are created, then they would be the same as those names that were mentioned by the people of Hud. Their, their names were, those names were created, the names of those idols that they worshipped, that they made up, they created them. And you claim that the names of Allah are created. <laughs> Alright, let me simplify it. They claim that the names of Allah are created. Jameel, that the names of Allah are created. Hud, when his people said, have you come to, for, just for us to worship Allah alone and leave alone that which our forefathers used to worship? That was, that was what they said to Hud. What was Hud's refutation and rebuttal? What was his response? His response was, are you arguing with me about names that you've created? Penny drop. Are you arguing with me about names that you have created? So this is a response to the Jahmiyyah and Bishan who said that the names of Allah were created. Who would responded and refuted his people by saying, you're worshipping names that you have created. So how then are the Jahmiyyah going to say that the names of Allah are created when that was the very thing that, that who would respond to his people with? That was the, the clearest proof that the things that you're creating is ba- that you're worshipping are batil because you created those names. So how are they going to attribute the same thing to Allah as the What is the difference then between us saying that the names of Allah are created and that the names of those idols that were worshipped at the time of Hud are created? There's no difference between the two issues. If it was a response to the people of Hud, when Hud responded by saying, you created those names, how are you going to worship them? Then how are we going to use that same argument with Allah Azza wa Jal? 
that Allah's names are created. How are we going to worship the, 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 or, or consider the names of Allah Azawajal created when that was a response to Hud and his people when they created names from the names of Allah Azawajal? Perhaps we'll move on from, to that, from that subject if we want to another mas'ala. Barakallahu feekum. Now, another issue, he mentions the issue of al-nuzul. The issue of the descent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and perhaps we'll round up with uh, this and one other small issue. In the issue of Nuzul, Imam Adarimi he argues and debates uh, the Khabith uh, Bishr al-Marisi in relation to his statement. He said, and in relation to the statement of the Mu'arid, he said, فَدَّعَ الْمُعَارِدْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَزَلْ بِنَفْسِهِ إِنَّمَا يَنْزِلُ أَمْرَهُ وَرَحْمَتَهُ he said in relation to the statement of the Prophet that Allah descends to uh, the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. He said that the Mu'arid claims, this individual claims that it is not Allah who descends. Rather, that it is the command of Allah that descends and His mercy. It is the command of Allah that descends and His mercy. While He remains upon the Arsh. While He remains upon the Arsh. Wahua. Uh, uh, and in every place. He remains over the throne and in every place. He mentions here that you claim therefore uh, that it is the command of Allah that descends and his mercy uh, and he remains upon the throne and in every place, since this was their belief that Allah uh, was, uh, is, in, is in every place, and that is connected to the issue that comes after this. He mentions, uh, because you say that Allah is the ever-living and the self-sustaining, the one who sustains the whole of the creation, Al-Qayyum, uh, he said, and that would necessitate that he does not move. That is, that Allah Azawajal remains stationary always. Uh, uh, now, he said, وَأَوَانٍ فَمَا بَالُ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم يَحُدُّ بِنُزُولِهِ اللَّيْلِ دُونَ النَّهَارِ He said that you're saying that the command of Allah comes down or the mercy of Allah comes down in the last third of the night. He said that it is said to this individual that this is the type of argument that is presented by kids, by women and kids. He said, and the one who has no ability to to discuss and clarify and, 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 uh, and argue. And the one who has no evidence for his position. He said that is because of the fact that, and the section is long, but he mentioned one, one statement that, that clarifies and clears the issue. He said that is because of the fact that the Amr of Allah, the command of Allah, and the mercy of Allah descends all of the time. Every hour, every waqt, Allah Azzawajal, His mercy descends. Every hour, the command of Allah Azzawajal and the affair of Allah Azzawajal, yani it, it descends. 
And so why then, if it is that the Prophet intended when he said that Allah descends to the, to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night, why would he mention and specify the last third of the night as though that is the only time the command of Allah Azawajal and the mercy of Allah comes down? When we know that the mercy of Allah comes down constantly, when we know that the command of Allah comes down constantly, and the affair of Allah comes down constantly, how then and why then would the Prophet specify specifically uh, the last third of the night? And that is because, of course, they claim that Allah Azawajal is not above his throne. And that is based upon another argument that they had, they have, and that is that Allah Azawajal is not limited to any particular place. He's not restricted to a place. And thus from that belief is that Allah Azawajal is everywhere. This belief, Ikhwan, in the presence of Allah or in Wahdatul Wujud and Allah Azawajal existing in every place is a belief that returns back to this belief of the Jahmiyyah. That they say Allah Azawajal has no limit. We don't limit Allah Azawajal. Allah is not restricted by anything. And Allah Azawajal doesn't exist in a particular direction or place. And so by necessity, yani they have to therefore establish the fact or belief that Allah Azawajal is everywhere. And thus he mentions in the chapter that follows, Babul Had, that which is related to Al Had. Uh, and the affair of Al Had is this argument of theirs that Allah Azza wa Jal does not exist in a particular place or a particular direction, rather that Allah Azza wa Jal is limitless. And that would necessitate therefore that Allah Azza wa Jal is everywhere. And so he has no had, as he mentions here, he claims that Allah Azza wa Jal has no limit and no, uh, yani no end or no, he's limitless. That Allah Azza wa Jal is limitless. And this is something that he based his dalalat upon. Firstly, he mentions, وَهِيَ كَلِمَةٌ لَمْ يَبْلُغْنَا أَنَّهُ سَبَقَ جَهْمٌ إِلَيْهَا أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ He said this statement of his, first and foremost, is a statement that we do not know. Of anyone in the world that has preceded him to this statement. We do not know of anyone in the world that has preceded him to this statement. Yani that Allah Azawajal exists or Allah Azawajal uh, is, is uh, yani he exists everywhere, he's limitless. Uh, uh, the affair, and we need to understand when, we're, when uh, we're speaking of had, that we shouldn't confuse when we say a direction or a, a limit, that that refers to, and we're speaking here about where Allah Azza wa Jal exists. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. Now, he mentions, فَقَالَ لَهُ قَائِلْ مِمَّنْ يُحَاوِرُهُ قَدْ عَلِمْتُ مُرَادَكْ بِهَا أَيُّهَا الْأَعْجَمِي تَعْنِي أَنَّ اللَّهَ uh, oh, 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 he said that he is responded to by saying that there is no doubt that the response to him is that you're claiming in essence that Allah is nothing. In essence you're claiming that Allah is nothing. Why? 
because there is nothing that exists except that it has a had, except that it has either a place of existence or yeah, and it is uh, something that is uh, yeah, it has demarcation. It has demarcation, uh, and so uh, here, when he says that Allah doesn't have a had, then in essence, you're saying Allah does not exist because there is nothing that exists except that it has a had. When we any, the only thing that does not have a had is nothing. The only thing that does not have uh, yeah, a defined had is nothing. Uh, and so he mentions. Uh, now, he mentions. وَلَيْسَ لَهُ حَدٌّ وَلَا غَيَّ وَلَا سِفَةٌ فَالشَّيْءُ أَبَدًا مَوْصُوفٌ لَا مَحَالَةٌ وَلَا شَيْءٌ يُوصَفُ بِلَا حَدٌّ وَلَا غَيَّةٌ. He said something, something. When we're referring to something, that it will always be described. It always has attributes. It always has. A had it always has limits or demarcations, uh, and it is yeah it, it is it is always known. Anything that is a thing, is it permissible Ikhwan, to refer to Allah as something or a shay? Hmm? Can we refer to Allah as shay? Something. Sent. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions. Qul. Ayyu shay'in akbaru shahada. Qul. Qulillah. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions. Which thing is greater in bearing witness? Say Allah. And so Allah Azza wa Jal refers to himself with the term shay. Uh, and so there is la ghubar, there is no issue with Imam al-Darimi saying there is no shay or no thing uh, that exists except that it has attributes, except that it has demarcations and it is something that is known and ha or has a limit, mathalan, or uh, yani a direction or what have you. Uh, and so basically al-Imam al-Darimi, he mentions, goes on to mention some of the athar uh, of the salaf in relation to the affair. He mentions the statement of al-Imam uh, Ibn al-Mubarak uh, when al-Imam Ibn al-Mubarak rahimahullahu ta'ala uh, he was asked concerning Allah Azza wa Jal he, he mentions rahimahullahu ta'ala su'ila Ibn al-Mubarak bima na'rifu rabbuna rabbana he said Ibn al-Mubarak was asked by way of what thing do we know our Lord and so he said bi annahu ala al-arsh ba'inun min khalqi faqila bihad qala bihad he said, with, which, with what thing do we know Allah Azza wa Jal? By way of what thing? And so he said that he is ala al-arsh, that he exists above his throne. And he is away from his creation. And he is away from his creation. And so it is said, it was said to him, with a had, yani with demarcation, or with a limit. And so he said, with a had. And that then, Ikhwan, if we, Look at the statements of the Salaf. Ba'inun min khalqi. Ba'inun an khalqi. When they mention that Allah Azza wa Jal is ala arshihi. Ba'inun min khalqi. Over his throne. Away from his creation. Then that necessitates therefore. That Allah Azza wa Jal. Number one. Is fi fil ulu. 
that he's above, which is a direction. And number two, that Allah is not with us here, within his creation. It is, he is not with us here, within his creation. If we say that Allah has no had, then that would necessitate that Allah would have to be here. Because the throne of being away from his creation, that in and of itself is a had. Yani the, the creation and the separation between the creation, number one, and the, at the top of the creation, the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal, and Allah Azza wa Jal is not within his creation. And so here we have, if we, would, if we look at the fact that the throne is the uppermost part of the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal, here is a border. Here is a border. And Allah Azza wa Jal is not on this side. Yani on the creation side of the border, if you like. And it, a demarcation. And so those who say Allah has no had, then by necessity they have to believe that Allah Azza wa Jal is everywhere. Because that would necessitate, yani, if we said that Allah Azza wa Jal is above his creation and he's not within his creation, then it would necessitate that Allah has a had. That there is demarcation between the creation and between where Allah Azza wa exists. That is the belief of Ahlul Sunnah. And it was the belief of the Salaf of this Ummah, Ridwan Allah Ajma'een. Uh, similarly, he discusses the Asabi' the fingers of Allah Azza wa the hands of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. He responds to his argument in relation to the affair of the, the fingers of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, we believe that Allah Azza wa Jal has fingers, Ikhwan? No. We believe in a, had, in a hand, but do we believe that Allah Azza wa Jal has fingers? No. Hmm? Yeah. No, not necessarily. <laughs> He's careful, careful with that there. No, what? what yeah, and our brother mentioned if he has a hand, then he must have fingers. In theory, we, we need to be careful with that thinking. We only affirm what Allah affirms for Himself. We only affirm what Allah affirms for Himself. But, but the Prophet Sallam, or what the Messenger Sallam affirmed for Him. The Prophet Sallam affirmed fingers for Allah Azza wa Jal. That indeed the qulub or the hearts of the servants are between usbu'aini min asabi ar Rahman. That they are between two fingers from the fingers of ar Rahman. Yuqallibuha kayfa yasha. And he turns them as he wills. And so here the Prophet ﷺ established fingers for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is uh, the belief of Ahlul Sunnah. He responds though uh, to these individuals who say that the fingers is a reference to the qudra of Allah Azza wa Jal, to the ability of Allah. That is, which is again the statement uh, of Bishr and this Mu'arid. That it is not actual fingers that we affirm to Allah Azza wa Jal. But we affirm that these fingers actually means Allah's ability. That it is a reference to Allah's ability. And so he responds by saying, so Allah Azza wa Jal has two abilities. Usbu'aini, the Prophet mentioned, Usbu'aini min asabi ar-Rahman. Two fingers from the fingers of, of ar-Rahman. And so he has two abilities. In fact, he has more than two abilities. Because we don't affirm that Allah only has two fingers. So he has numerous abilities. Yani, arguments, ikhwan, that are uh, 
uh, futile and are uh, based upon nothing, Ikhwan, but jahal uh, and based upon that which is not even established in uh, the logha and the language. One of the issues that he constantly mentions is that this mu'arid, it would have been better for him to, and it would have been sounder for them to reject the hadith then for them to affirm the hadith and then make this interpretation that they make. You mentioned it would be better. And that may be something, Ikhwan, that it is, yeah, we may have difficulty grasping. It would be better to reject the hadith. He mentions it would be better to reject the hadith than for you to make this ta'weel and to make this interpretation. That you were to hold that the hadith is not established, for example. That will be sounder. Mathalan, argue and say, because the meaning is not correct, or what have you. Then that would be sounder than for you to affirm the meaning, but then interpret it with this kufr, that you've interpreted uh, these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or these attributes with. Uh, We'll round up with uh, one or two of the, the, the final statements of Imam Ad-Darimi. He mentions towards the end of his book, I mean, to be honest with you, Ikhwan, there are numerous uh, issues that he debates and that he discusses. Uh, he speaks about the Arsh, he speaks about uh, that which is related, Ikhwan, to uh, the speech of Allah, جل, the knowledge of Allah, numerous other issues that are discussed ordinarily in the books of Aqidah. Uh, uh, when one discusses the Masail of Asma'i wa Sifat but he discusses them in the most beautiful manner using the statements of the Salaf using strong intellectual arguments and arguments that are based in the book of Allah and the Sunnah but towards the end of the book he mentions Babul Hath ala talab al-hadith wal rad ala man za'ama annahu lam yuktab ala ahdi al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ashabi wa al-dhab an ashabi al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ashabi al-hadith wa ahlu al-sunnah he mentions one of the fine, one of the last of the chapters. The chapter concerning an encouragement to seek knowledge of hadith, and the refutation of the one who claims that a hadith were not written during the time of the Prophet and his companions, and a defense of the companions of the Messenger of Allah and a defense of the companions of hadith, a defense of Ashabul Hadith and Ahlul Sunnah and their virtue over other than them. And so he, he, he discusses uh, an issue related uh, to a narration that this individual and the Jahmiyyah they hold on to, something that was attributed uh, to Abu Yusuf, uh, claiming that Abu Yusuf said that Athar, uh, the Athar, were that which came from the Prophet wasallam and his companions. And anything else was not considered athar. Imam al-Darimi, he mentions that if that is, is established, uh, then first and foremost, that is a khata, and is a, that is an error on behalf of Abu Yusuf. Uh, and he mentions, uh, how though is it that when you argue and you quote Abu Hanifa, since Marisi was Hanafi in uh, Madhab, you quote Abu Hanifa, you quote uh, those who were at that time who came after the Sahaba, you have made those athar, you consider those narrations 
But uh, when it comes to anyone other than them, from those who are more deserving of the title, uh, then you say that there are no athar after the companions, Ridwan alayhim, and it's again is a contradiction. Uh, and so he argues, and then he concludes with this statement, Ikhwan, that he mentions, فَتَفَهَّمْ أَيُّهَا الْمُعَارِضِ ثُمَّ تَكَلَّمْ وَلَا تَنْتِقَنَّ بِمَا لَا تَعْلَمْ فَإِنْ كُنْتَ لَا تُحْسِنُ فَتَعَلَّمْ وَلَا تُرْسِلُ مِنْ رَأْسِكَ مَنْ يَأْخُذُ مِنْكَ بِالْقَذَمْ فَيَنْقُضُ عَلَيْكَ وَتُطَلَّمْ وَتُعَدُّ فِي إِعْدَادِ مَنْ لَمْ يَفْهَمْ He mentions, and so therefore, O Mu'arid, O opposer, uh, understand, tafham, or tafaham, have understanding, thumma takallam, have understanding before you speak, have understanding, yani have ilm, before you speak, wala tantiqanna bima la ta'lam, and do not utter that which you do not know. فَإِن كُنْتَ لَا تُحْسِنْ فَتَعَلَّمْ And if you haven't encompassed or you haven't, uh, you haven't a good understanding, then learn. And look, if you look throughout, Ikhwan, these uh, statements, and there is much, Ikhwan, that we had intended to mention to highlight to you the fact that our A'imma, from the likes of Shukri Islam, Taymiyyah and others, that the principles and the qawaid that they lay down in Mathalan al-Tadmuriyah, you'll find qawaid that Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah, he mentions in al-Aqidah al-Tadmuriyah, like al-Qawlu fi-Sifat, kal-Qawlu fi-Zat, our statement concerning the Sifat is like our statement concerning the Zat of Allah Azza wa Jalla, and in the essence of Allah, anything that we say and that we believe in relation to the essence of Allah, we believe the same as it relates to the sifat of Allah, the attributes of Allah Or like the statement concerning some of the sifat is the same as our statement concerning others. These principles are extrapolated from the likes of these statements. Very important principles. Al-qawlu fi that or al-qawlu fi sifat kal-qawli fi that our statement concerning the sifat of Allah is the same as our statement concerning the essence of Allah a very important principle. Whatever we believe in relation to Allah's essence, that is what we believe, ayyuhal ikhwa, in relation to the sifat of Allah. And so anyone who presents to us an argument concerning one of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we return that argument back to, or return that issue back to the essence. And we argue with them with what we believe about the essence of Allah. Similarly, al-qawlu fi sifat كالقول في الصفات بعضها بعضا يعني the statement that we utter في بعض الصفات concerning some sifat is the same statement that we have with others whatever we believe about one characteristic or attribute is the same thing that we believe concerning others so if we believe for example that Allah Azza wa Jal possesses ilm and that his ilm is real knowledge uh, and that uh, Allah Azza wa Jal, that is attributed to him, then that belief and that principle that we have concerning knowledge, the knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal, is the same principle that we have concerning, for example, the hearing of Allah. 
if we believe that his knowledge is, is real, haqiqi hearing, uh, knowledge, then we believe that his hearing is real hearing. If we believe that Allah Azzawajal has real ability, then we believe that Allah Azzawajal, for example, has real uh, speech, مثلاً, that his speech is haqiqi. Uh, and that the Quran that was revealed is the real speech of Allah. Whatever we believe about one set of sifat is the same thing that we believe about the rest of his sifat. And that is an important principle in refuting those from among the people of innovation who only believe in certain attributes of Allah and then interpret others. Whatever principle we use with those attributes that you affirm, those are the same body and set of principles that we use with those attributes that you interpret and that you negate. These principles, ikhwan, you'll find them present here within the kalam of Imam al-Darimi, rahimahullah ta'ala, among others, ikhwan, from among these statements that you'll find in the speech of Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah. You can clearly hear and see how and where Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah, uh, where his influence has come from. Nothing but the self of this Ummah, Ridwan Allah As I mentioned, therefore, if you do not know and don't understand, then learn before you speak. And don't utter that which you don't know. And indeed, if you haven't done well in understanding, then you should study uh, and don't utter from your head or let out of your mouth that uh, which will cause individuals to suppress their anger and uh, will cause you to, be, uh, you to be looked down upon and considered among the ranks of those who do not understand. And that resembles Ikhwan, a statement uh, that has been attributed to some of the Salaf. Don't speak concerning something you do not know using the speech of one who knows. It is sufficient ignorance for you and your intellect that you utter what you don't understand. And so that is, in essence, the statement of Al-Imam uh, Ad-Darimi here. And so he rounds, or towards the end of his, uh, his rad, yani he returns the, uh, the individual back to understanding, seeking knowledge, gaining understanding, and returning the affair back to the athar of the salaf of this ummah, Ridwan alayhim ajma'in. And he defends Ahlul Sunnah, ikhwan, towards the, the end of the statement. Uh, and defends the people of hadith and athar uh, from among uh, the salaf, from among the tabi'een and the atba' al-tabi'een. Uh, and he enumerates uh, a number of them. He enumerates uh, from them the likes of Amr ibn Dinar and Ibn al-Mubarak and Waqi' and others. Uh, and mentions that those who you consider and those who you raise highly, then these individuals are greater in station than them and so if you consider those people that you've raised if you consider what has come from them as narration uh, that are that are relied upon and are utilized then by necessity you must consider those who are greater than them uh, to rely to rely upon narration and then he mentions and we run up with the verse Allah he mentions because Allah has praised the tabi'een, any those who 
were from among the companions and the tabi'een, those who followed them, in his statement, الأولون, the first and foremost ones from the muhajirun and the ansar, and those who followed them in righteousness. And of course, at the head of them are the tabi'een, uh, the successors of the companions, radiallahu anhum, an. Allah Azza wa Jal is pleased with them, and they are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى وفقنا وإياكم لما يحبه ويرضاه وران أبدنا النأنى وتخوان وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين